Blood tests on eight children at a kindergarten in New Taipei's Banqiao District have confirmed the kids were given a barbiturate. Investigations began last week after parents complained their children were exhibiting abnormal behavior. During a press conference on Sunday, new Taipei City Councilors accused Mayor Ho Yui of being absent as he was campaigning elsewhere in the country in his presidential bid. Responding to the accusation, Ho redirected blame toward Vice President Lai Qingde, who is also running for president, saying Lai should use his authority to get prosecutors moving. Let's hear from them. Every day I get a grasp of the situation. I also continue to communicate with parents. In fact, we got into action from the get-go and cooperated with the prosecutor. The vice president, on the other hand, can't figure things out. The judiciary belongs to the current government, so please ask them to clarify things quickly. He says that Vice President Lai Qingde should intervene in the judiciary. I really think he is trying to revert to the old authority. How can there be such a presidential candidate? These words lack any concept of the rule of law. He did not participate in any special meetings. Instead, he continued his campaign in central and southern Taiwan. He should resign as the mayor of New Taipei City as soon as possible, so as to not abuse the citizens of New Taipei. The new Taipei city government only took initial action in mid-May on the case. As a doctor myself, I very much hope that the new Taipei city government will carefully take care of these children. They should specially form a medical task force. Facing scrutiny, the new Taipei city government claimed it only learned about the incidents on May 15th and that it did not delay taking action. Meanwhile, city councillors have called on the administration to make details of its investigation public to gain the public's trust. During COVID, some businesses were hit hard and many of their workers had to take an unpaid leave. To help out those workers, the Ministry of Labor introduced a subsidies program with a maximum subsidy of 11,000 NT per furloughed worker. But as COVID wanes, the program will terminate at the end of the month. To make sure that people are not left out in the cold, the MOL said an employment stabilization measure would be adopted so that subsidies would continue, albeit at a reduced amount. Participants answer questions and attempt to break into the next level in this game. This is a family fair that highlights the prevention of occupational accidents held by the Ministry of Labor. However, the MOL subsidies for furloughed workers introduced during the pandemic will come to an end at the end of the month. That means the highest subsidy of 11,000 NT will be a thing of the past on June 30th. The post-epidemic special regulations will expire on June 30th, especially for workers who have seen their work reduced. In the past, we had an employment stabilization measure. It could only be activated when the unemployment rate of insured persons in the employment insurance surpassed 1% for three consecutive months. But this time, we will not adopt such an absolute value. To make sure that monetary assistance would continue, the ministry will lower the implementation threshold of the employment stabilization measures so that furloughed workers can continue to be subsidized.
but the maximum amount will be reduced to 9,700 NT. The number of workers on furlough last month came to 15,700 people, as reported from a total of 1,983 business operators, a decrease from the previous week. However, it was found that printed circuit board manufacturer Unimicron had failed to report its 120 workers on unpaid leave. The last time Unimicron made the headlines was back in mid April when it was reported that the electronics giant had forced its employees to take an unpaid leave under the guise of a dream come true leave. While that controversy has not yet been resolved, its failure to report the number of furloughed workers has now surfaced. While Taoyuan City's Labor Department is still investigating the matter, Unimicron has responded in an official statement that it has not yet received the Labor Department's decision and will respect it and review it humbly. This case is still under investigation, and the Ministry of Labor is continuing to pay close attention. We don't want to see business operators undercut the rights and interests of workers by using various pretenses to do so. The MOL is also reminding businesses that no matter how many furloughs are implemented, workers' wages must not fall below the basic salary, and that violation can result in fines of 20,000 to 1 million NT. This year marks the 40th anniversary of diplomatic relations between Taiwan and St. Kitts and Nevis. To celebrate, St. Kitts and Nevis's ambassador to Taiwan, Donya L. Francis, unveiled an outreach program. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with Francis to learn about the program and future collaborations between his country and Taiwan. What we need, we need SK Love. Singing Vice Versa Love by Barrington Levy is Donya Francis, the ambassador of St. Kitts and Nevis to Taiwan. To mark the 40th year of diplomatic ties between St. Kitts and Nevis and Taiwan, Francis unveiled an outreach program called St. Kitts and Nevis Sharing Kindness and Nurturing Love Outreach Program. Embassy personnel will visit and volunteer at different organizations in Taiwan to share their country's culture and history. The embassy will also hold events from June to September. This year, we're celebrating 40 years of independence and also 40 years of relationship with Taiwan. And over those 40 years, we've had a, um, the opportunity to share expertise in, in, in many areas. These include agriculture, education, and also language and culture exchanges. With this outreach program, we intend to um, visit and volunteer at different organizations and also to share our, share,、um, share our culture, share our history, share our warmth and friendliness. To the people in Taiwan. Francis took office in November last year. He received his bachelor's degree from Mingchuan University and a master's degree from Taipei Medical University. After receiving his degrees, he went back to St. Kitts and Nevis to work. Now he's back in Taiwan to serve as his country's ambassador. He says he looks forward to deepening bilateral ties in newer areas. Living in Taiwan six years before, I fell in love with Taiwan's、um, cuisine. I fell in love with Taiwan, Taiwan people. I fell in love with Taiwan in general, the landscape and its 
convenience, um, especially. And so I am happy to be back, and I hope I, I, I will fall in love with more stuff uh, while I'm here as the ambassador for St. Kitts and Nevis to Taiwan. I believe that St. Kitts and Nevis and Taiwan, we have such a strong cooperation, such a strong friendship that I want to encourage us um, to cooperate more in uh, um, areas that we have not seen uh, many corporations. For example, I want to see more Taiwanese businesses and investors going to Singis and Nevis. I want to see more trade between Singis and Nevis. I want to see more Singis and Nevis and Taiwan. I want to see more of our products here in Taiwan. <laughs>
ASF is already a major problem for the region, with China, Hong Kong, South Korea, the Philippines and Singapore among 19 countries and territories that have been hit with the disease. The public is also reminded to avoid receiving packages from overseas that contain meat products. An EVA Air return flight from Tokyo to Taipei was delayed on Saturday after a Thai Airways plane hit it while taxiing at Haneda Airport. A former pilot explained that such incidents can happen at the Tokyo airport due to its shorter and narrower taxiways. Passengers on the affected EVA flight said that the incident did not scare them and everyone returned home safely the following morning. However, the rescheduled flight meant that passengers had to be redirected to a different airport upon arrival in Taiwan due to curfew at Taipei's Songshan Airport. EVA air officials met the passengers upon arrival to present small gifts and an explanation about the incident. An aircraft from EVA Air and one from Thai Airways sit on a taxiway at Tokyo's Haneda Airport after the Thai plane bumped into the Taiwanese plane. Airport workers picked up a broken fragment of an aircraft's wing that fell onto the tarmac. The accident occurred just after 10 a.m. on Saturday as the EVA Air Flight BR-189 was preparing to depart for Taipei. The EVA plane was stopped on taxiway L-14, as it was instructed by the traffic control tower to do so, when the Thai Airways plane clipped its wing. The accident prompted the airport to shut down runway A for two hours, causing some flights to be delayed. The taxiways at Haneda Airport are indeed a bit complicated. They are also relatively shorter and narrower. When you're taxiing, if you don't have the nose of your aircraft dead center in the taxiway, or when you turn due to the difference of radius between the front and rear wheels, you feel that you have poor control and there will be a risk of collision. Everyone on board the two planes was safe, and EVA Air made arrangements to bring back the 140 stranded passengers on flight BR-189. However, since the new flight arrived in Taiwan past the curfew at Taipei's Songshan Airport, where the original flight was scheduled to land, the plane was diverted to Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport. At the time, I thought we had hit a rock or something. It really wasn't a big deal. It has some force to it, but I wasn't scared. I just knew that something had happened. After the passengers deplaned in Taiwan, EVA Air presented them each with a small gift and explained the delay to them, hoping to put everyone's mind at ease. Today we take you to meet Chen Mu, a master of a style of Chinese painting called Gongbi. The style is a delicate approach to realism, which Chen uses to depict nature. With 30 years of experience and artistry under his belt, Chen spoke to FTV reporter Stephanie Yang about his inspiration and passion. Gongbi master Chen Mu picks up the brush and carefully forms the branches of this tree. The style of the painting, known as Gongbi, had its beginnings 2,000 years ago during the Han Dynasty. Over the past 30 years, Chen has visited many places in Taiwan, painting what he observed. His studio is filled with works ranging from Taiwanese birds to Formosan cicadier, flowers and fruits. 
Chen says one of his favorite animals to paint is the Formosan blue magpies. He traveled all around the island to capture rare sights of the majestic bird. Formosan blue magpies are unique to Taiwan. Around four or five years ago, there were very few of them. Now there are more and more. You can find them in Yangmingshan. I've also gone to Miaoli to look for them. He also often draws lychees, which he says is a laborious process. To draw a lychee, you have to draw the shape first. Then there are small squares. After that, I have to find out how to give it depth. Chen began painting when he was 18 years old. He first started writing comics and experimented with other mediums of art. When he was 50, he began gongbi and has never stopped since. Chen says gongbi is difficult to master and compared to other mediums, takes a longer time to complete. However hard it may be, his passion for the craft has kept him going. Now, 79 years old, Chen still paints every day. I started gongbi about 30 years ago. I only started painting when I was about 50 years old. In the early days, I painted portraits of people. I once saw people painting gongbi paintings. I saw the colors were gold and silver and very clear. I took some lessons and found that when painting gongbi paintings, you need to apply the color layer by layer. It is not like oil painting where you can paint in just one go. This kind of artwork requires painting layer by layer. We have to study and experiment a lot. It is very hard, so remaining interested and persevering is very important. Chen is holding a new gongbi exhibition that showcases Taiwanese local birds, fruits, and scenery. This upcoming exhibition showcases paintings depicting Taiwanese things such as lychee, lotus flowers, and custard apples. I want to paint some different things in the future. His exhibition will be held at Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall from June 14th till June 25th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hu Jingsun in Taipei. Today we also put the spotlight on an archaeologist and restoration expert from the UK who's made Taiwan his home. Gordon Turner Walker first came to Taiwan 20 years ago. As a visiting professor at National Yingling University of Science and Technology, he was inspired by the nascent cultural heritage restoration work being done here. He decided to stay permanently, helping to cultivate a new generation of archaeologists and conservation scientists. He told us about his passion for social impact and for looking closely at what historical relics are really telling us rather than just what we want to see. British archaeologist Gordon Turner Walker is a resident artifact restorer for a team based at the National Museum of Natural Science in Taichung. Here in his workshop, he restores ceramics and provides expert consultations for material samples. That could be appraising a simple piece of metal or a human bone. It's important to understand something about the, the ceramic fabric, what's called the fabric, the material, the clay that it's made out of, because that tells you something about the technology of the people who are using it, and sometimes the, the use of the object. Turner Walker specializes in restoring archaeological artifacts and research into the DNA of human skeletons. In 2003, he took up a role as visiting professor at National Yuling University of Science and Technology at the Department of Cultural Heritage Conservation. 
He had previously worked at other global restoration hubs like the British Museum. Coming to NYUST, he realized that restoration education was in its infancy in Taiwan. He decided to stay on and has now lived here for 20 years. Where is my time best spent? It's where you feel you are making an impact doing something good. As a professor, Turner Walker nurtured the talent of professionals in lots of conservation-related fields, many of whom were later hired by famous museums and restoration centers in Taiwan and abroad. He brought fresh energy into cultural heritage conservation in Taiwan and was eventually awarded an Alien Permanent Resident Certificate, or APRC, as a highly skilled professional. Uh, preserve cultural heritage as it is really not as people would like it to be. Now retired from teaching, Turner Walker continues his beloved conservation work, focusing on archaeology and hoping to lift the veil on more of Taiwan's fascinating cultural and historical roots.